girls know that. Grind like a skater, I gotta get paper. Minimum wage, don't put food on the table. Life through a couple jacks, but I'm still living. Repent for my sins, I know God gon' forgive me. I don't complain, take the cards I was dealt with. Mama always told me, boy, count up your blessings. Before I was 20, when I was a savage. Above my green, yeah, but just like some cabbage. No kickstand, but a nigga be What's up, everybody? It's your boy Slim Skywalker, and you are now tuned in to episode 4 Spanimous. I just want to give a quick shout out to everyone that actually took the time out to listen to episode three, the wavy ones. It was something that I've been wanting to do for a while, which was get the group together and do a big podcast with them. So y'all could meet, you know, the other part of the crew, the people that are in front of the cameras, well, behind the cameras, but in front of it, while I'm always the one, you know, behind the camera, behind the mic more so to say, and it was a lot of fun. Just being able to do that, sit back, crack some jokes so everybody can see just, you know, the fun part of what goes on with the doing the videography, the podcasting and photography. And just like I say, hanging out, kicking it, getting to know the team. So whenever you see somebody's work, you actually know what they're trying to do and what their objective is. So. With all that being said. Welcome to episode four, Spanimous. If there's anybody new listening, Spanimous is just short for sports, anime, music. And I used to hoop and play college ball. So that's one of the reasons I picked sports, obviously. I've recently gotten into anime about two, three years ago. And now I'm also big on watching it. Like when I say watch it, I binge watch the mess out of some shows. Then obviously music, which is something that's universal to everybody. It's something everybody is going to always be able to listen to. But with that being said, we can jump right into the sports and talk about this playoff push in the East, where right now Miami is on the outside looking in for a playoff spot. And they're 10th, but they're a game behind. And I believe they got two games left, which I'm hoping they somehow pull a rabbit out of the hat and are able to make it in because I'd be sad if Miami doesn't make it, which I'm not saying they're one of the best teams in the East, but just for the simple fact that it's Dwayne Wade's last season. And like I've told y'all before, Dwayne Wade is my Michael Jordan. And a lot of people have overlooked how great of a career he's had. That has gotten to the point to where Paul Pierce, who's been going crazy saying he's better than all these players, or if he had this and that player, he would be able to do this and that. And Jalen Rose kind of fact-checked him the other night, talking about how D-Wade played less seasons, has more all-star appearances, more all-NBA appearances, more first-team all-NBA, and even better, more defensive all-team appearances than Paul Pierce has had in his career. Oh, and he has, um, what, one more scoring title than Paul Pierce has. So it's pretty cool to see how the players are showing D-Wade respect and even at the same time fact-checking their peers to let them know, hey, you were, you, were, you were good. Like, you weren't a slouch, but don't get it twisted. Like, D-Wade is not the third best guard in the NBA for shooting guards of all time. On top of that, he's the top guard as far as blocks go at 6-4 so all that being said Paul Pierce pump your brakes 
Like, I'm a fan of you, but don't come at my guy D-Way like that at all. This playoff push has gotten crazy, especially with the fact that the Magic and the Nets both clinched the playoff spot. And the way they've been playing the last couple of years, it's exciting to see how this has come about, to see Orlando in particular make it to the playoffs. They've been under the radar for the second half of the season as far as exposure goes because nobody expected this at all. Nobody knew they were even this good to begin with to make it to the playoffs. They have what only Vucevic, who was the only all-star on their team, I believe. But they, they have some talent. They got Mo Bamba, Aaron Gordon. And they got Markel Fultz right now, who isn't healthy yet. But once he gets healthy, hopefully he comes and he's that player that everyone was expecting him to be back when he was in Washington. Plus, I like that Orlando's taking that chance on him because he does deserve a fresh start. And even if he came back healthy, it would be too much pressure for anybody to have that type of injury before they even got the chance to show their potential and stay in the same place. I mean, it's ironic I say that because on the other side of the spectrum, you have Brooklyn, who has D'Angelo Russell. And last we checked, someone said he's a good player. He has the potential to be an all-star, but he's not a leader. Well, I'm pretty sure somebody's foot is really stuck in their mouth right now just off the simple fact that D'Angelo Russell not only made the all-star team, but he also has led this Brooklyn Nets team to a playoff appearance. And whew, that definitely says a lot, especially about Magic Johnson as a GM, because he's messed around and did some bad signings. And it, it is starting to show he does not have control over what's going on in L.A. I mean, first off, you can't let LeBron run your team. You're the GM. You have to let him know, hey, we're paying you to play ball. Leave it at that. Let us worry about the signings and let us worry about the trades because that Anthony Davis trade deadline kind of messed up the whole team chemistry just from the fact that now players are like, oh, he don't want to play with us. He wants us out of here. And that messes up a lot. And Magic, you should have had control of that. On top of that, you got rid of Brooke Lopez. And he's actually doing pretty darn good. And he's changed his game up to where he's a stretch five right now to where the game is your need shooters from one to five. And he's on the best team in the NBA right now, the Milwaukee Bucks. So that right there was a loss for the Lakers. And that just goes to show Magic needs, needs to start doing a little bit more research. The Warriors just played their last game last night in the Oracle, 47 seasons. And it's been interesting how a lot of players are showing, you know, dedication or their respects to teammates, players, or organizations. I believe Steph Curry walked to pregame in a Monte Ellis jersey. Then last night, or the other night, Kevin Love was in a Channing Fry Arizona jersey when he was checking into the game. And I find that pretty cool how players are showing ways to show respect to their peers or even to the organization that have taken a chance on them. Not saying every organization deserves that kind of respect, but the ones that took a chance on you and have shown you that they believe in you, 
they deserve it. So the two most interesting races for this season, to me personally, have been the most improved player race and the MVP race. Now, to start off with the most improved player race, to me, it's a toss-up between D'Angelo Russell and Pascal Siakam. They've both had a pretty good season so far, obviously. Otherwise, they wouldn't be on this list. But to me, I feel like it's you can't go wrong with either one. I just feel like D'Angelo Russell has the edge off the simple fact that he hasn't had to have any other All-Stars be ahead of him. He's the only All-Star on his team. And not to take anything away from Siakam, but you have Kyle Lowry and you have Kawhi Leonard, two pretty, pretty strong players to lean on. But he's picked up the slack, you know, when he's had to, especially being their third option. But D'Angelo Russell has had to lead a team and grow as a player himself, something that Magic Johnson obviously said he wasn't able to do. But... The other thing I wanted to talk about is the MVP race. A lot of people still, depending on how you look at it on the spectrum, but I feel like Giannis really might have just had this whole thing wrapped up with having the best record in the NBA with the Milwaukee Bucks and also not only doing it on the offensive end where he's putting up, you know, I think like 27 and 12. Those are Shaq numbers when he was in L.A., But also doing it on the defensive end, you know, being a force, being somebody that's going to come and say, I'm going to guard the best offensive player. I'm going to wreak havoc. I might not have the best offensive game this game, but I'll definitely shut the best player down some way, somehow. But Harden, on the other hand, he's you look at it on the other spectrum and he's had to do his thing while everybody was hurt and put up a crazy amount of points night in and night out. So it's 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 easy to understand why people are feeling that James Harden could win the MVP. But I think this year it definitely has to go to Giannis because of what he's been able to do and just how he's done it and the growth that he's shown while doing it and keeping that tenacity and putting his foot on the pedal, having that Mamba mentality which it's crazy to see how just one off season with the right player can change your whole mindset and give you that confidence. And like I say, Giannis pretty much ran away with this. Paul George has just disappeared, you know, as far as the MVP race goes, but let's see if playoff P can do something when the playoffs come around, hopefully they make it. And I would I, I'd love I'd love to see just a good playoff series this year. At least all of them go to about game five or six, an occasional game. I mean an occasional series goes to seven would be pretty nice. So yeah, that's that as far as you know what I know as far as what I got to say about sports also the national championship game is tonight, which will be pretty cool. Ironically, I was gonna say that uh Virginia Auburn game the way that ended was crazy and sometimes I mean people forget refs are human too they were caught up in the moment and it take it honestly the player where they say he double dribbled him just playing it off so smooth and just kept and keeping it moving is actually 
can't even really be too mad. I mean, it just sucks how it ended that people say it was in the ref's hands. The ref should have made that call. But it's human error. It's part of the game. The player for Auburn who made the little choking symbol, the little choking gesture, I know he's probably going to be a meme for the rest of this year, for the rest of his life. But anyways, on a good note, I've been watching Sword Art Online, Alisazen, and it's gotten real interesting. If any of you are watching it and are not caught all the way up, you might not want to listen for the next, you know, 10, 15 minutes. But it's gotten really interesting, especially because Kirito defeated an administrator, Yujio died, and Alice is apparently the key for something bigger with this uh, flux-like capacitor or machine that they have Kirito in. And the way the episode ended was, in the real world, these people are coming to shut down the power, take something. They're trying to take somebody or something. And Alice, I believe, is the program or whatever it is that they need. But that's just the way the season ended. And I'm kind of mad now because I can't watch it. So I'm stuck trying to think of all the kind of things that could possibly go on with it. And it's it's gotten pretty good because the last, you know, 10, 15 episodes, they're in the virtual world. So you're sitting there watching all of this go on in the virtual world, forgetting what else is going on, like what's going on in the real world. Because obviously, if you've been paying attention or watched, they were still looking for the killer from um, Gun Gale Online who was working with Death Gun, who was, you know, when Death Gun shot somebody, he apparently injected this person with a serum or a poison that killed them. So it made it seem as though when Death Gun shot you in Gun Gale, it killed you in the real world when it was a two-man uh, tag team kind of thing. But there's a show I've actually just recently started watching and I'm already caught all the way up. It's like 77 episodes and I pretty much binge watched in about two and a half weeks. And it's uh, Black Clover. If any of you haven't watched it, or if you've heard of it and still haven't watched it, you should check it out. I was one of those people, I just saw it across my time feed and I never thought about watching it. But I've been playing Jump Force and Asta is one of the characters I ended up having to fight then, you know, to get certain abilities, you gotta fight against all the characters. So Asta was one of the characters that I ended up having to play with. And while playing, I took a break from the game, you know, went on to watch Sword Art, and I came across Black Clover, and I saw Asta. So I ended up giving it a try, and I actually like it. It's ironic, I've talked to a few people, and Asta's relationship with Yuno is what Naruto and Sasuke's relationship would be if Sasuke you know, wasn't so stubborn and actually paid attention when he was a lot younger to what Itachi was trying to show him. But that's a whole different story. But anyways, as I was saying, Black Clover is actually pretty dope. I like it a lot. I, I really, I'm excited for what's going on with it. And just a little bit about Black Clover, Asta, 
doesn't have any magic. Apparently, magic is like what runs that whole show. And he doesn't have any magic. You know, on the other hand, is gifted, has magic. And their dream is obviously to become the Wizard King, who is the most powerful person in all of the kingdoms. But how can you be the Wizard King if you don't have any magic? Asta ends up getting this uh, grimoire, a five-clover grimoire, that uses anti-magic. He uses that grimoire to save Yuno. And whatever it was that he did, it, it sparked old memories of them when they were kids to where they both made this promise. And Yuno somehow just starts to show Asta a lot more respect. And I just love how their relationship grows. They're both, I mean, they're kids, they're what, 15, but they are both pushing each other to be stronger and they're striving to be better than one or the other. And Yuno's apparently like the cool, pretty boy and Asta's the goofy, you know, midget or short person that everyone's all obviously overlooking because he doesn't have magic and their question is he really a magic knight who happens to be on the worst happens to be on the worst magic knight group the black bulls who apparently everyone is just considered the ruffians the outcasts and he ends up building up their reputation and they take off from right there to where he gets acknowledged but Asta's, Asta has Goku's sense of, of obliviousness. Like he doesn't ever recognize anything. He doesn't realize there are like three girls that have a crush on him. Yet he's stuck on Sister Mary, who he can't even marry because she's a nun. But it's funny. I mean, it's funny. Like I said, he's a kid, so he doesn't really pay attention to any of that. He's just out here like, I'm going to be the Wizard King. I'm going to get strong. Outside of Asta, my favorite character is Captain Yami, just because he doesn't care. If he tells you to do something and you question him, his next phrase is, I'm going to kill you if you don't do it. But at the same time, he's always pushing all of them to get stronger, to get better, to go past their limits. And he's always giving Asta a hard time. He's always making Fenrir use his spatial magic to take him to wherever it is he needs to be. For all we know, they could be in the house. He could be sitting on the couch and he's going to say, Fenrir, teleport me to the bathroom. And Fenrir has to do it. And if he questions him, he's going to say, I'm going to kill you. But I, I love how the show is. It's really, really good, at least in my eyes. Then I just also started watching One Piece. And I was not going to watch it, but one of my friends who happens to be big on watching One Piece and reading the manga gave me the cheat code and told me to start from the East Blue arc. So you skip about 200 episodes. And just so you know, that's a benefit of me not being a manga reader because I can find out where I really need to watch the show at and where not to watch just because of all the filler episodes. So that's what's been going on with anime as far as I can say. But like I said before, Jump Force is the reason why I started watching, you know, a few more of these shows, in particular One Piece and Black Clover. I got to try to watch two at a time because if I watch too many at once, I'm going to get it all mixed up.
But something that's also happened recently in the music world is Devon Terrell came back. He went on a little hiatus. He had, you know, just some personal mental issues, like not mentally ill or anything crazy, but just the fact that he didn't have fun putting music out like he used to. He felt like the way everything was going and the way he was caught up in the industry, he was doing it for, you know, the people and not personally himself. So he, since he's been back for about two, three weeks now, I want to say he's put out two songs and you could see it's, it's his old stuff. And I've been a fan of him since I started hearing him do covers of other people's songs. Like he did a cover of, of Rihanna's work which was actually pretty good. He also did a cover of Designer's Timmy Turner, which I, I actually loved. And he's 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 one of those artists that you actually have to like and listen to when you get a chance. You can't just be like, hey, I'm gonna listen to him and I better like him. He's he's an acquired taste, I can definitely tell you that. And I also told y'all that a lot of the stuff I was going to do, especially when it came to music, was talk a lot about stuff in Tampa that goes on. So it was uh, last weekend or two weekends ago, I want to say March 31st, which was yeah, possibly last Sunday, not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before, I went to an event called Novocaine and Friends Live, and there was actually a lot of, you know, Tampa talent there. We had a bunch of... Uh, Vendors that were originally from Tampa went from having, you know, rosary beads to organic soaps to even a snow cone thing, a snow cone setup. But it was it was real fun. There were a lot of performances and there were two that stuck out in particular. One was of this girl named Siobhan and she played her acoustic guitar. And it was real cool. Her voice was nice. She's a pretty lady. And she had dreads. So that was awesome. Then my favorite, favorite performance was a guy called Zay Smooth. And he's a saxophonist. When I tell you he was showing out, he showed out. I'm talking about up there playing songs like Until the End of Times that Justin Timberlake and Beyonce and he all I can say is you had to have been there just to realize how amazing it was because I couldn't say anything I was at a loss of words I caught myself singing the song while he was playing then I had to stop singing because I had to enjoy you know hearing him play and that was the second time I'd heard him play the first time I heard him play was at um, a vibe session and he played that LMA booed up. But it's it's refreshing and it's nice to see a lot of a lot of Tampa talent all in one building to where you see what Tampa has to offer. There were a few artists there. I mean some of them I just seen for the first time that came out that are probably regulars to this smoking words thing they have going on Thursdays that I keep telling myself I'll go to, but I never get around to it. But 
this event was actually pretty cool because there was one guy who came dressed up like he was a Uncle Drew, had the belly and everything. And he he did an emotional song. It, well, it was more of a rap, but he was talking about, you know, the hit the impact of his mom and his sister, which was pretty it was it was one of those songs that hits the heart. And there's no way you couldn't like the song at all. But there was also a few artists there. One of them did a lot of painting while the people were performing and it was really, really cool. But there was a different painting that they auctioned off. Well, they raffled off and I'm mad I didn't have a ticket for that particular raffle. But it was a pharaoh. It was a picture of a, a king and a queen pharaoh with, you know, it was just amazing. You had to have seen it. I'll probably, I'll definitely post it on my um, Instagram page on Spanimus. So whenever you get a chance, definitely please do follow that. And it's, it's been fun talking with y'all. I mean, I hope y'all got a good listen, especially out of this episode. I know I've been a while since I put one out, but it's just been so much going on outside of, you know, with sports, then with college basketball, with anime, with what episode, well, season two for One Punch Man comes out tomorrow on Hulu. And I'm extra excited about that just because it's been so long in the wait. And it's time to see what Satama has up his sleeve. But like I said, I just want to appreciate and thank all of y'all that have taken the time out of your day to listen to me on this thing. And just, if you can, have other people, let other people know we got a podcaster in Tampa out here. And just to give it a listen. And again, thank you for listening to Spanimous. This is Slim Skywalker. And I'll talk to you in a week or so. Bye. Ass out like the Cuban, man, these bitches choosing. Fall in love, I'm allergic. In that whip, got curtains. Mix the lean with the perky, got me in slow motion. Hardcore, yeah, it's frozen. Banco still the slogan. What I'm smoking on is potent. With my shit like a stolen. Whoa, pull up, got about the dirt. I've been on since birth. Coding got me slurred. I can't trust a bird. All these girls get curved. Tell me what's to word. Tell me what's to word. Put on like I put on my motherfucking clothes. Bitches can't find me like they lost the remote. Yeah, I made the way. You just ride the boat. Bingo till I die. Like I took a oath. Pull up switching lanes. I might serve on the Zan. All my niggas get them banned. Saying no to new friends. Strictly to the fam. I got bitches in Houston. Ass out like they're Cuban. Man, these bitches choosing.